Baseball Italian style brings together the memories of major leaguers of Italian heritage whose collective careers span nine decades, from the 1930s to the present. In these first-person accounts, baseball fans will meet the players they cheered as heroes or jeered as adversaries, as well as coaches, managers, front office executives, and umpires at an intimate level. Join author Lawrence Baldessaro and some of the pillars of our national pastime in these historic and never-before-heard interviews. Baseball Italian style starts now. Now, were your parents immigrants from Italy? No, no. My mother was born in Youngstown, Ohio, and my father was born in New York City. Oh, really? So my grandparents were born over in Italy, but and I was an only child, so I never spoke. Uh, they never spoke Italian around the house, so it was tough for me to pick it up. You didn't hear, okay. Do you know where your family was from in Italy? Uh, around the central part of Italy. Okay. My grandparents. Yeah. So did you grow up, if you didn't speak Italian at home, but did you have a sense of being of Italian Well, heritage? I understand a little bit, but I never spoke it because I didn't know the language well enough because my mother and father never spoke it around the house. And I was an only child, so it was always English around the house. Right. But many time I used to go over and visit my grandmother, she'd speak to me in Italian, and sometimes I knew what she was talking about, and sometimes I didn't. So your mother was of Italian heritage also? Yes. So did you feel as you were growing up that you were Italian, that there was Italian? Oh, yeah. Italian? Well, naturally. Yeah. Did you grow up in an Italian neighborhood? Yes. Uh, I lived on what was the west side of Buffalo, which was the Italian neighborhood. Yeah. And I stayed there for 20-some you know, years before I got married and then moved out of the area. It's still in the Buffalo area. When did you decide that you might want to play baseball professionally? Oh, I was going to uh, high school and playing a lot of baseball uh, other than the school, muni ball and the amateur ball. And I was picked up uh, playing in that type of leagues. So I grew up uh, playing organized ball uh, here in the Buffalo area. What did your parents think about your playing baseball, especially when you said you wanted to do it professionally? Well, they, they were very happy about it. Uh, my father was a pretty good athlete when he was younger. Uh, and naturally, when I, he signed my contract with the Boston Braves. In fact, I was still going to high school when he signed my contract because I was underage. Okay. I was only like uh, 17 years old when he signed me up and he went to Boston and signed me and called me up and says, uh, in case you don't know it, he says, you are now a Boston Brave and they're going to send you to Hartford, Connecticut to play in the Eastern League when you get out of school. I was just going into my senior year of high school at the time. So when I graduated, I went right to Hartford and I played two half seasons in Hartford. And in the middle of the second season, uh, Eddie Miller, who was the shortstop for the Braves, ran into Al Simmons in the outfield, and Miller broke his ankle. And I had uh, been to spring training, but just on a look. And uh, played, the club wasn't going anyplace. They were a seventh-place ball club at the time. So Casey Stengel was managing, and he called me up from Hartford, so that's how I got my start in the uh, big league. 
So you're, a lot of Italian ball players I've talked to said their parents were opposed to their playing ball because they couldn't imagine somebody making a living playing the foolish game. But that wasn't the case. No, that that might have gone on maybe before my time. Mm-hmm. But in my time, uh, my parents had. Uh, in fact, one day I'll never forget it. My mother never saw me play ball, but I come home from school one day and she had the radio on. And she was listening to the radio to the ball game of the Buffalo Bisons, which was rather odd for me, for her to, to be listening to the right. ball game. So she got interested in baseball, and actually my father was. And when the opportunity came where the uh, scout came around and signed me, he also, the, by the way, the same scout signed Warren Spahn. And we were both uh, signed by the same scout. So when you began playing, 39 was your first year in the major leagues yes. in Boston. Did you ever encounter any prejudice because you were Italian? Were you called Wap or Dago or anything no, like that? No, no. I, I never uh, ran into that situation. I guess there's too many guys around. Uh, you couldn't uh, call anybody a Polak or a Jew or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the colored wasn't involved at that time. Colored players, they didn't come in until 1947. But I had never had any problems with uh, nationality. So like so many players, you lost three years to service in World War II. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I lost three years, and as well as many other guys. Yeah. And it's tough because, you know, you, usually when you go into service, you're in your prime years of your career. Exactly. You know, you're a young... You're, you're in the early 20s, and mm-hmm. those are the years that guys really can develop and right. progress. I wanted to ask you about some of the other Italian-American players you either played with or against on other teams. And one, one person in particular that's sort of interesting, I know you played with for a few years, Phil, did he pronounce it Mazzi? Phil Macy. Macy? Yeah. He was, yeah. I mean, he was an interesting player because for the first several years of his career, he was a backup, and then he became a starter and even an all-star later on. Yes, Phil was a, a great guy, and he came up to the Braves the same year I did. In fact, we roomed together in my first year, and uh, we got along great because Phil was from the old, now I would say the old school. He was, young, he was a year or two older than me. And uh, when we got, when we got, uh, we were just like two immigrant kids, more or less, you know, green as apples. <laughs> and uh, we just paid attention to, to the other guys on the ball club, see what we could learn. And Macy was a terrific uh, ball player. In fact, in the 1948 World Series, Phil was on second, and I was on first. And Feller and Boudreaux pulled that famous pickoff play with Macy at second base and uh, all the pictures and the photographs show that Macy was sliding back head first into the, the bag and Brudrow was tagging him on the head and you can see that Phil wasn't into the bag yet so he was called out I mean called safe and I was on first and I had a good angle to look at the play and Johnny Cooney who was a coach with us at the time and I turned to John and said man we got a lucky break there and it, as it turned out Tommy Holmes was at bat, and he got a base hit to drive in Phil, which was the only run of the ball game. So Sane pitched a uh, four-hitter and beat Feller, and Feller pitched a two-hitter and lost. <laughs> that was the first game of the World Series. 
you did you played in the National League your whole career, so yes. you, you didn't see DiMaggio on a day-to-day basis. But well, other than DiMaggio, we'll get back to him maybe, who was the best Italian player you saw, do you remember? Well, now you got me thinking. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I played against DiMaggio in the you know exhibition games down yeah. in Florida. <clears throat> That's the only time we played against the American League teams. Right. And, uh, you know, you got me thinking now, all the great well, Italian ballplayers. I could throw out a few names. Yeah, that would help me. <laughs> well, Ernie Lombardi. Uh, let me tell you something. I played against Ernie, and I played with him in 1942. Mm-hmm. He was with the Braves. And it was a shame the way when I played against Ernie, I don't care what position I played, but I played deep on the grass as well as every other infielder. And now when uh, Ernie came to play with the Braves, I noticed just how they played him too, the same way. And it was amazing to me that a guy could hit so well that couldn't run a lick. He's the slowest man I've ever seen in baseball. And uh, it was terrific that he could hit 300 and do one terrific job. I remember him getting the ball back from the umpire and rubbing the thing up with one hand. He didn't put two hands on it. He had, he had hands that make three of mine. <laughs> Did you know him at all uh, other than on the field? Uh, well, no. And then, well, I, naturally being a teammate, I was out in his company quite a few times, but he was a great guy. I mean, he was so big and uh, he was so relaxed all the time and it was easy going. You know, and a big monster that he was, was size-wise, uh, he was just like a little lamb. Hmm. Do you think he didn't get quite the respect he got because of the way he looked, the way he dressed? He didn't look like a ball player. He certainly did not look like a ball player, like an athlete, but uh, he was a terrific athlete, believe it or not. Like I said, he was a great catcher and he was a great hitter. And I don't see how anybody can say that, you know, they didn't have any respect for him. Well, he, of course, he always got tagged because of that so-called snooze play in the World Series. Yeah, well, that, that, that's only one incident in a guy's career. I mean, if you play this game long enough, everybody makes a bonehead play now and then. But to the fact that that happened in the World Series now was magnified 15 times than, than it would happen during the regular season. Well, Ted Williams said he was one of the best hitters he ever saw. I'd have to agree with Ted. You know, I remember Ted... Uh, you know, he spoke his piece, and the sports writers loved him for that because you can go up and talk to Ted, and he can criticize somebody and get away with it. But a guy like me, I couldn't criticize nobody because I wasn't anybody. <laughs> That's another uh, ball player is Dolph Camilli. Dolph, I saw Dolph about three years ago, four years ago, and he looked great. And I know he passed away recently, but he was a great fielder, first baseman, and I think he's the one that... Pee Wee Reese probably can think for making him an outstanding ball player because he was a real fancy Dan around that bag at first base that I remember. Pretty good hitter, too. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He and DiMaggio both won the MVP awards in 41. 41? Oh, I didn't remember that. Well, Lombardi was the first Italian to win an MVP, I think in 38. And then DiMaggio and uh, Camilli together in 41. Okay. Now, another teammate of yours, and this is someone who sometimes I read he was Italian, other times not. Is, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Is Frank Demarie? Demarie, yeah. Did you know if he was Italian? 
You know, you got me thinking right now. On his... Um, I think he was, to be honest with you. Well, on his questionnaires in the Hall of Fame, which I looked at, and there were two of them, and neither one, he says he's Italian. He did? Yeah. But he's not Italian, he said. Uh-huh. But in the, if you look at, say, the, the Turkin um, Encyclopedia of Baseball, they say his birth name was Di Maria, and they call him Italian. So I, I don't know what's true. I don't know. I played with Frank. I don't remember, though. So he didn't, you don't remember that he talked about being no, Italian? No, okay. no, I don't call that at all. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that if he were, you probably would have been aware of it. I probably would have, yeah. I mean, you must... I know that there have been golfers that changed their name. Right. That Italian, right. that they changed the, their name, the but I don't know, yeah, and I don't know too many ballplayers that ever changed their name from Italian name mm-hmm. to something else. Well, there were a few. Ping Bodie? Modi. Played yeah. with the Yankees. Oh, yeah. His name was Pezzolo. Pezzolo? Francesco Pezzolo. That's before my time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, who else was there? Um, uh, Cookie Lavagetto. Lavagetto, Crescetti, naturally he's with the Yankees, and uh, Lavagetto with the Dodgers. Tony Cuccinello. Cuccinello, and, and I have to thank one of the three or four guys that helped me the most in my career, one of them was Tony Cuccinello. Because when I come up to the Braves, they wanted to make a second baseman out of me because I usually played third or short. Right. And Tony was the second baseman, and they wanted to move Tony to third because now he was at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. And uh, he figured he wouldn't have to move as much at third that he used at second. So Tony used to take me under his wing, and we'd go out there every day and have somebody hit ground balls to us, and he worked with me on the five or six different pivots he could make at second base. So I owe a great deal of uh, my career to Tony Cuccinello. Interesting. And of course, there was Phil Cavaretto with the Cubs. Phil, uh, I didn't know Phil too well because I played against him, but uh, I didn't know him too well personally. So as you look back as an Italian-American, what what has baseball meant to you? Well, it earned me a living. It earned me recognition throughout the United States. And I'm very proud to be an Italian and uh, represent the Italian heritage. Did you, I mean, you made a living playing the game as everybody did, but there must have been more to it than that. But you must have loved the game to play it at that level. Well, you'd have to love the game. And, you know, the money, the money wasn't really there. Uh, to be very frank with you, my first year in the big league, my salary was $400 a month, and I got a big raise my second year in the big league. I made 450 a month. Now, when you talk about the salaries that these guys are making today, well, it's enough to make you sick. <laughs> but anyway, I'm very happy to be able to have the ability to play the game and play different positions, which kept me around for 14 and a half years. So. What, did, what did you do after your baseball career? Well, every year, you know, Every year after the season was over with, I'd go back home to Buffalo and lay around about a week, and then I'd have to go out and get a job because I didn't make enough money during the summertime to to put in it, put a lot away. So what would happen, I, every time I went to work, I used to hear that same question over and over again. Guys knew that I was a major league ball player, and they say, geez, you know, what are you doing working? So I used to have a stock answer. I had the same answer every time they said that. I says, well, I got a very bad habit. I says, I like to eat in the wintertime like I do in the summer. And I let it go at that. <laughs>
And then when you, your career was finished? I, I, I getting, getting back to the wintertime occupation, a friend of mine told me to get involved with the uh, trucking industry. So I was a truck driver for oh, a good 25 years on an, during the off-season. Then after I quit uh, managing in baseball, uh, I uh, stuck, with, uh, stuck with driving all the time. So uh, driving a semi was easy, but unloading and loading that thing, that was the worst of work came involved. You still live in Buffalo? Still live. Well, I live in the outskirts, yeah. But I've been born and raised there. I went to school there and grew up there. Still have family in the area? Uh, well, you know, I'm 81 years old now and not much family around, but I do have five children and 10 grandchildren and 11 great-grandchildren. And, you know, my wife recently asked me, she says, seems like every week somebody's having a birthday in a family, you know. And she says, uh, I need money for Debbie. And I says, who the heck is Debbie? <laughs> you get so many kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. She knows all the dates and all the birthdays. And I, I, I sometimes have a tough time remembering their names. <laughs> How long have you been married? 60 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, right now we're having a little problem. My wife is in a nursing home, so this is probably the toughest part of my life. Managing Austin, the Braves organization. So they invited all the managers of the minor league clubs to come up to the World Series in 57. So I'm sitting on the bench while the Yankees were having batting practice. And one of the Boston sports writers was sitting next to me. And he said, uh, hey, Sib, he says, look at look at Stengel out there. Now, he, Stengel had about eight or ten sports writers around him. And he says, Stengel, when he gets through talking, he says, those guys don't know what the hell he was talking about. Because <laughs> Casey used to start on one story, not finish it, and go to the next, next story, and not finish it, and go to the third story, and not finish it. Then all of a sudden goes back to the first story, and he would remember... He, he would finish that story, so you never knew what he was going to say or what he was going to come up with. So you, you were managing in the minors? I managed in the Braves organization after I got released here. Uh, I was I got released in the middle of 1954, and uh, John Quinn, who was a general manager at the time, offered me, called me up to the office and says, I got bad news and I got good news for you. He says, the bad news is we're going to release you and you can give you an unconditional release. And uh, he stopped there and he went right on to the good news. He says, we'd like to offer you a job as a coach here with the ball club. So being, you know, 34, 35 years old at the time and I hadn't played much at all for two years that I was here, I said, well, the best thing for me to do is get the coaching job. So I signed as a coach for that last half of the 54 season. And then when wintertime came, he called me up and offered me the job as a player manager at Quebec. He wanted to get me started in the managing end. So that's what I did. I took the job at Quebec and started out managing in the Braves organization for about six, seven years. Always in Quebec? No, I, I never went same place twice. I went to Quebec, <clears throat> I went to Corpus Christi, I went to Jacksonville, Austin. The highest I got was Sacramento and Pacific Coast League. 
and went back to Jacksonville again. So I got a good education as a player and as a manager. I never liked scouting because I like to be more active on the field and work with the players there. So that's my interest was there instead of scouting, making out all those reports because I had to make out a lot of reports as a manager too. Right. <laughs>